Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Lessels Outdoors podcast. Today is episode two. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about today, but I do know it's going to be a good one. But you guys cannot tell, I do have some better audio on here. A lot better. Um, I uh, decided to buy a microphone. Working out real good so far. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get right on into them. Hope you guys like uh, the first podcast. I know it's a little bad audio, like I said, but it was uh, still had some pretty good advice. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to that one yet, you should go listen to it and probably try to stay in order. That'd be pretty cool. And if you guys don't know, we have an Instagram account and a YouTube account. Uh, same name right here, Lessels Outdoors. Yeah, uh, you also go check that out. It's gonna be a banger of a year. I'm telling you this right now that we're gonna get out a ton of videos. I promise you that. Uh, probably 60% waterfowl uh, for all you waterfowl hunters out there. Uh, deer hunting videos, turkey hunting videos, of course, and of course the very special one, elk hunting. And uh, I got not only did I get an elk tag, like I said, if you guys haven't seen that video, you could go check it out right now. But uh, I got a bear tag and a mule deer tag, which is extremely lucky if you don't know. And it's gonna be going. We're gonna be going out to Colorado, also. Well, but um, you know, I just it's gonna be banger of a year. Like I said, uh, if you guys haven't go, haven't been subscribed, we're at like 113, 112 subscribers right now. Uh, y'all should go check it out. Um, we'd really appreciate that subscribe. I promise you, every time me and Lynn get a subscriber, we are like, oh yeah, we got another subscriber. Let's go. And uh, every subscriber counts. Um. You know, not only are we making the videos to gain subscribers, but we're also making the videos to give advice to you guys, you know, uh, maybe help your hunting out and, and entertain you guys. You know, maybe get, if you guys watch what we're doing, you can do it as well. But uh, yeah, let's get right on into this one. Episode two of Los Los Outdoors uh, podcast, boys. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's get right on into this one. I'm actually, if you guys are wondering where I'm recording this right now, I'm legit in my garage right now. Like with the table, got the mic, just got this, the, all the microphone podcast stuff. Just freaking, you know, just got to get it done somewhere, right? But today I've decided to, uh, let's uh, talk about what it takes to prepare to elk hunt in the mountains of Colorado. I think uh, it's going to be a really good topic. And if you're ever looking to go elk hunting, what the steps you need to take and you know what things need to be done before you go right so uh yeah uh, i think we should talk about that um you know this year is obviously my first year ever going elk hunting with my dad and uh, my dad's gone two times now three times and uh you know i'm really really excited it's gonna be great i feel like it's gonna be a great hunt we're gonna be out there for like 10 days september coming up here real quick but it takes a lot of steps uh, to uh, get really get everything ready and do good at that stuff. You know, the first step you're going to need to take to become get an elk tag even and or mule deer or bear, you know, um, is you're going to want to you're going to want to go put in uh, put in for points, preference points. I've put in like probably four years now. And this year I just decided to go out while I still was able to get a youth tag and uh, worked out real good because uh the prices were way cheaper for me compared to what it would be for like my, my dad or an adult or if you're not a youth um like big price difference like mine is like a 250 dollar tag for a non-resident while as if my dad would be like 
750 bucks. But uh, yeah, it, it worked out real good. I ended up drawing all my tags that I put in for. Really, really, really excited. Was really excited about that. But you're going to want to put in for points in, in, I don't even know, probably start doing that with Ask Your Dad right now. Probably go Ask Your Dad. Dad, can I put in for points for elk tag or whatever else you want to put in for around the country or frick, maybe around the world? But, you know, just got to put in the time way ahead. Just get ahead of the game. I think I started putting in points when I was like third grade. But, uh, you know, and that's not the, that's just like the beginning. That's just like the steps that it takes. And that's why I'm so excited about this hunt. It's almost like a, it's probably like a hunt, uh, like a lifetime, I'm not a lifetime hunt, I wouldn't say. A hunt that I'm not going to be able to do a lot, a lot. Unless I like move to Colorado, I guess. <laughs> I think you still have to put in for points in Colorado even. But, but that's not the only steps you're going to need to take. When you get to that point where you get your tags, we, you have to get tons of stuff ready. Like, I've been, me and my dad have been getting stuff ready for, like, five months, and it's very, very expensive. I think we spent over, like, 2,000-some dollars right now. Like, not 2,000, maybe. I don't even know, to be honest with you. All I know is we spent a lot. And a lot of time, we've been getting ready. Just food, you know, the bags, the packing, how much weight there is that you're going to be bringing out in the mountains. And, you know, not only that, that, bring, that brings me off to another topic, but uh, I'll get to that topic in a sec. Not only do, um, not only you have to get all that stuff ready, but you have to like, you have to like watch, you have to like learn all the rules, all the laws, you know, like say for a bear, you need to have, there's so many restrictions on bears that you, it's just, it's pretty tough. So you have to like learn how to, you know, how do I say this? Like record or like learn how to like, know what one to shoot right if it's legal to shoot and same thing with elk you have to it either has to have four points or it has to have a, a five inch brow, brow time and uh same thing with mule deer at least four points or four, uh, four inch brow time and that's just the laws of colorado but it's just that's just some of the other steps you're gonna have to take to uh record you know get ready for uh elk hunting not only am i gonna be you know hunting i'm gonna be having to record shout out to my dad he's gonna be recording for us but, uh, you know, not only do you have to get ready for that aspect and that side, you have to get ready for shooting. You have to get a good aim, you know. You're going to be going out there. You, you better have a good aim. And um, to higher up your chances of actually getting one. But uh, not only that, you have to be in shape, you know. My dad has been, <laughs> my dad has been uh, walking on the, uh, running on the treadmill, you know, getting all sweaty. But, uh, you know, he's been running on the treadmill. Um, you have to get boots, you have to get certain boots, you have to get a certain bag, you know, the bags cost at least like 300 bucks. So it's a very expensive sport, all hunting. I feel like a lot of hunting is expensive, but I feel like, uh, yeah, that's just some of the steps that you're going to have to take. And it's a long process, I believe. We've been doing this for like five months now. It's a long process. You can't just get up and, you know, get everything last second. Like, bam, oh, I'm going to just get all this stuff, right? No, you can't do that. And you have to take the right steps to uh, get the, get, make sure you have a successful hunt and make sure you're not miserable out in the mountains, right? So, like, you know, you have to have the tent. You have to make sure everything's good. You have to put waterproof stuff on your boots. You have to do all this stuff. If you guys don't know, when you're out in Colorado, it gets so moisture. It's so, like, it gets so watery everywhere. Water's, like, everywhere in the mornings. It's, like, it's so dewy. It's 
crazy. But uh, yeah, so you have to make sure everything doesn't get wet, and because it'll like soak your stuff, like you know. And um, you know, that's just some of the precautions you have to take uh to going out on a hunt like that, you know. But uh, yeah, I think uh that that pretty much uh, tops off everything about this segment. Make sure you have all the right clothes as well, like you know, sick uh. You know, shout out to Sika. I love their gear. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's going to wrap this uh, segment off. Peace. All right. All right, all right, all right. Let's get on to this next segment here. Um, I think I'm going to make this one a little bit uh, different of a podcast here. I think it's going to be more funny. And uh, this, or maybe not funny, I'm just going to be answering question, gear questions I found on, like, this uh, website here. And uh, I, think it, it, I think it'll be pretty good. I'll be able to give advice to you guys. And not only, I don't do only do deer hunting, I know that's what mostly my primarily stuff has been, but uh, I just, uh, I just you know, been focused on deer hunting, been focused on elk hunting, you know, since coming up here, I'm excited, but I'm really excited for uh, duck season too. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's answer a few one of these. All right. I was in my stand today and saw what looked like a doe at the distance and then heard her snort. Can they do that, or was it a button buck? Yeah, of course they can do that. It's a warning, you know, usually um, stamping their hoof, you know, or, you know, you know, blowing like that. That's That means they're trying to get you. I, I, I Honestly, I think they, they do that when they, 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 when they smell you, and then when they try and, like, hit, stomp with their foot. I think they're, honestly, they're alerting that they see you, but they're, like, trying to get you moved. Because then they can confirm so they can run away. Because I feel like deer are honestly super curious. And they're like, they wait last second, like every time. All right. Let's, uh, let's see this new one. Obviously, these aren't going to be all in my state. But I'm hunting a 40-acre plot of land in New Jersey. There are blueberries in the middle. I've honestly never had that happen. I don't, like, there's no blueberries really around here. Honestly, I've never found any. Blueberries in the middle, plot of corn on the edges, which is really good. I love that they have corn on the edges because honestly, deer like to be feel like they're protected. They feel they want to feel like there's something around them, to a barrier around it. Like you know, they don't like to be out in the way open for a long time, right? But uh, back to the question: plot of corn, plot and corn on the edges. If you were a deer, which would you be in the most? Yeah, I have been set up along the corn for the past week and have seen nothing move. Moving. Any ideas? Well. Honestly, the deer are always going to be where the food is, right? And, um, you know, uh, I think uh, I would honestly stay where you're at. Deer are going to be, they like to be protected, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, those are two pretty good questions right there. Let's uh, talk about those uh, more deer questions here. Sorry, I had to pause that up real quick. Uh, I did have uh, some people kind of walk in, and I was just like, you know, I don't want them to mess up my podcast. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, let's uh, get to these next questions. All right. Ooh, that's a nice question. All right. Uh, what can you do to help draw deer to a small piece of land, 50 acres or less? Okay, so I kind of talked about this last time. Um, if you don't have, you know, resources, put a food pot out there, right? 
you don't have an alfalfa field, you don't have soybeans, you don't have corn, you know, I mean, at, at the very least, you should have uh, the woods, bedding, you know, um, stuff like that. But, you know, maybe a watering hole, one of those little watering holes, you can look up videos about them. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, then some food plots. Like I said, resources and deer are going to be where the food are going to be. Like, that's almost every animal. They are going to be where the food are going to be. Or they're going to be whatever way they're going when they're migrating or whatever else. Curious question for all you bow hunters. What's your farthest kill shot with a bow? So I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. I uh, just, like this, just this year, uh, went bow hunting with a, uh, for deer, obviously is what we're talking about, with a deer and my, I actually did shoot it at like 27 to 30 yards. Um, it was a good shot, but yeah, that's my farthest kill shot. Uh, let, let me know in my DMs. Uh, we'll respond as long as they're not like stupid questions in, uh, in our Instagram DMs. We will respond, I promise you that. But uh, if you guys want to tell me that, I'd really appreciate it. That'd be pretty cool. Okay. How much of your deer meat do you donate to others? Um, I, uh, we do donate sometimes, mostly to family, but we have donated to other people who haven't got, didn't get a deer or something like that. And, you know, we, we, we usually have a full, full freezer. We don't donate unless we, our freezer is full. But we, uh, we love to, you know, give meat to other people, help them out. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, that's, a pretty cool, that's a pretty good question, honestly. Um, my uh, city cousin asked me, what is so addictive to so many hunters about waking up early, freezing your butt off, waiting alone in the woods just for an opportunity to shoot a deer and honestly this is about like honestly any animal any animal that's hunting hunting overall it's just honestly it's so awesome just seeing the sunrise seeing them sunsets you know honestly cold in the cold in the winter i think sunsets and sunrises are just way way better the only reason i would know that is because i'm out there hunting and and uh you know it's just such an adrenaline rush you see some of those guys on YouTube and stuff, they're freaking, they're, they're shaking and stuff after they shoot this buck they've been going after for years. Like, they're shaking, they're jumping up and down, they're going crazy. And it's just the adrenaline. It's such adrenaline. Maybe it's, you've been doing it for so long, going after this one buck or whatever else, or one animal. And, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's to get food on your table, maybe to get food on your, in your freezer. Um, yeah, that's, it's just such an adrenaline rush. I uh, really addictive. It's such an addictive thing. Um, but it's a good addictive thing, honestly. As long as you're not doing anything illegal. <laughs> Question: Can smoke and light from a fire, from a fire, scare deer away or make them nervous? Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't put. I don't do it. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I, I would. I, I would assume it'd scare them. I would never do that to warm up or something unless I was like dying or something like that. But all right. What is a good lifespan of a bowstring? I purchased of a bowstring. I purchased the Matthews switchback switchback in 2005. And still have the original string on it. I was wondering if I should get a new one or keep it on there. Honestly, you've had that thing since 2005. It's like 2021 now. That's like seven, 16 years. You should probably change it, honestly. I mean, unless it's like holding on good. I mean, 
killed probably quite a bit of deer on it, I hope. I mean, after having it that long, but, uh, uh, all right, here's a good question. What is an easy way to scout deer and turkeys when you don't have a lot of time? You know, maybe it's just about driving by those fields on your way to work, right? Maybe it's about taking those detours on your way to stuff. Maybe it's about, you know, the same thing for geese. You know, you don't have a lot of time, you know, maybe just one of those days you just gotta, you just gotta go out there and take one of those days off, maybe on your weekend, maybe, you know, just go out there, grind, get at, get up a trail camera, uh, maybe sit out there for a little bit, you know, maybe sitting out in that one of your tree stands, see if you see anything. Yeah. What is the, what time of the year is the best food plot, spring or fall? And which is best for annuals or perennials? Well, you can plant both, but honestly, I would probably plant your uh, perennials in the spring. You just gotta make sure everything's, all the weed, you make sure you have that baby sprayed. Because it's a pain in the, the butt. Pain in the butt. If you do not have that thing uh, sprayed over. Because, you know, that's just, you get all weedy. They end up just taking over the food plot. It's a pain in the ass. You don't want to deal with that. The fall, I would say definitely the annuals. They're going to grow better. They're going to be better. They're going to be like tip-top shape probably in the winter, right? They're still going to be usable in the winter. And I mean, they're still going to be like deer eating animals eating on it in the winter, you know, digging for it. Probably those root, uh, those beets and stuff, you know what I mean? Wow, that was a good question. That was a good question. With uh, most of the hunting seasons coming during cold weather, hunters go to extreme go to, go to the stream to stay warm. What does a deer do to guarantee its survival during cold weather? Well, during the cold weather, deer are always active, right? They're always moving, and you know they're under. And when they aren't active, they're hunkered down, bunkered, hunkered down, down in some trees, down in the bottom, away from the wind, you know. But they're always feeding, they're always looking for food in the winter, they're trying to stay warm, trying to stay nice and chubby, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say they burn a lot of calories by moving around a lot. They're, I say they just, you know, they're built for being out there, you know. But they're also moving around a lot, keeping themselves warm, looks good. What's the... Uh, nope, not doing that one. While doing some early scouting, I noticed two trails trails often used trail with the small hoof marks does those and uh, a much less used trail with much larger hoof marks bucks where do i set up my stand to tag a shooter during the rut you know during the rut these deer are kind of just everywhere the deer are just everywhere they're just trying to get some get something you know what i mean you know they're trying to you know, they're just going crazy. They don't not care about, usually they don't care about wind. The only thing they care about is just being scared of them other bigger bucks, honestly. The deer during the rut, or any animal during the rut, is just crazy. Turkeys, they're crazy during the rut. That's basically, spring is basically during the, I would say the rut, in quotation marks, right? But, um, yeah, honestly, just set up, set up where the does are going to be. That's what I would do if you're trying to get one during the rut. Set up where the does are going to be. That's where the bucks are going to be. They're going to be trying to find them does. They're going to be trying to, you know, that's what they're going for. Why do deer go velvet on their antlers? Um, you know, honestly, I don't even know. But I 
think it's something to do with like kind of like getting I think antlers are like bone I would say they're like exposed bone or something and they like have it to protect them I think that's what I think honestly don't 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 trust me on that though if a deer notices me in my tree stand and doesn't really doesn't really spook but just notices notices uh notices that something isn't right and moves off how long will it remember will it remember that encounter have i blown my stand placement or will that deer eventually forget what happened um honestly if you scare a deer once it's probably gonna be scared for a day or two you know but uh yeah i don't know i guess it depends i guess how many times you scared them all right i think uh my computer's honestly about to die i think uh these were some pretty good uh questions and answers hope you guys got something out of it i know i did honestly probably even myself advice right here but uh yeah thanks for tuning into the podcast really appreciate it episode two of us outdoors peace out homies